0: Welcome and welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them, the fantasy football show. Uh, unfortunately, we missed an episode last week. Our apologies for that. It's been a bit chaotic here uh, in the area. We, however, would uh, we're, we're going to reach out and talk some new stuff this week. We did say we would move a little bit away from the draft. But we're going back towards the rookies here. We wanted to discuss... Our, our thought process are like our our real admiration i guess the top two rounds worth of rookie picks uh, on this week's draft so you know ranked one through 24 and then uh Friday's episode we'll talk about those guys deeper on in your fantasy rookie drafts for your i guess either your your need if you're if you're drafting a standard league this year and or your dynasty league if you have a rookie draft coming up. But uh, we'll jump right into it, guys. We'll start off at the top. The first guy on the list, being projected and ranked as one of one, running back Brees Hall of the New York Jets. Intriguing as he went in the second round here, not even the first position player off the, or skill player off the board. Uh, Hall walks into a position where he should be should be the lightning to the or the thunder to the lightning of uh, Michael Carter. He's by far the best running back. In your leagues here, if you're in desperate need, that's obviously going to be one of the most sought-after positions. You see why he's going number one. Do I think he's going to produce the most this year? Honestly, probably not. Uh, he's kind of in the same spot that you would get in years past with your Najee Harris, stuff like that. He's going to be like a top 24 pick in standard redraft formats. I definitely don't think I'm that high on him. I really liked him as a player, but we also saw the Jets really like to lean on Michael Carter. Until we can get a little further into camp, knowing what he's going to do, if he's the true facto number one, Michael Carter's change of pace, what we're doing. Uh, he's probably the best running back going forward out of this draft class. But um, I guess do what – if you can, try to do what, what uh, other people have done. Gary, our former co-host here, he actually went above and beyond. He decided he was going to jump, and he grabbed – the chance that he's got Michael Carter already. He jumped up one pick to make sure he got Brace Hall. He did not want to risk not having one A, one B with the Jets. Not that that's necessarily something you're going to strike gold with is the Jets running back by committee, but he made sure he's got both guys and he doesn't have to worry about who is going to get it. He can carry both. Number two being Kenneth Walker. He went to Seattle. This is a draft position. I still don't get. I really don't necessarily think he deserves to be number two. If I was drafting two, I'd probably go with one of the receivers, quite honestly. Kenneth Walker, supremely talented running back, but you're putting him there. You just resigned Rashad Penny. You also have Chris Carson. Yes, Carson had the severe neck injury. We'll see how that plays out. I don't really know that I trust Seattle, especially in year one production here. Kenneth Walther- Walker's a guy in redraft leagues and probably staying away from this year. In dynasty leagues, he's going to be a year or two out. I don't know if he's going to hit right away. So, like, if you're... If you're drafting out of those top two positions, I don't know I love Kenneth Walker at one or two. (laughs) Number three on the board, we've got Drake London here. Definitely, probably the most talented of the receivers. Most upside down the line, I think. In terms of immediate turnaround, not as much. Uh, Year one, at least, Marcus Mariota is the current quarterback, unless Desmond Ritter comes out and blows the doors off in camp, which I, I would be shocked by. Um... He's still going to put up a rookie line. Is it going to be what Jamar Chase did? No. Um, is it going to be what Justin Jefferson did? Also no. It's going to be good. I I wouldn't be shocked to see him go 60 to 70 catches, 800 yards, and six to eight touchdowns. He's going to have a solid year for a rookie. He's going to have probably the most upside of anybody you got there. He might be my favorite rookie pick. Um, I gave up the odds of him to, to kind of bolster my own rookie pick. And grab two additional picks out of the deal. Might be my de facto favorite futures player. Especially, like, yeah, that's the point. Running backs always kind of climb the board to go one. But, like, you're going to get your running back at one and ultimately get him from whatever age he enters to about 30-31. Your receiver, if you're in a long-term dynasty, you're going to keep building these receivers. And you could probably trade receivers for decent enough running backs I always like would like to go with Talon over immediate position, I guess, in that skill or that that aspect. Drake London to me is my probably number one off the board. Number four here, Traylon Burks, Tennessee. This is gonna be interesting. Uh I feel like there's an adjustment period. He came out of Arkansas, it's not like he played at one of the biggest schools out there. Arkansas's okay, yeah. Um he goes into a Ryan Tannehill. I think he's almost better off with Malik Willis. But he's also going to have a similar skill set to A.J. Brown. I like Burks already talent-wise. Is he going to have the highest ceiling in the class? No. Is he going to have the highest floor? Possibly. The talent's all there. The ability to make the plays is there. I really like what Traylon Burks can offer. And the better they get there and the longer he goes on being a Titan further away from, you know, Derrick Henry being that run first team, I think the better options you're going to get here. Uh, So I like Traylon Burks going forward. Garrett Wilson's a guy I'm not convinced on. I mean, the Jets, they've already got quite a few high-end picks in the last couple years. He wasn't the best route runner out of Ohio State. he's the straight-line burner for sure. That's not saying that Zach Wilson can't do that. It's just, you know, year one, he's going to be probably studying and learning other position skills there. I mean, he was by far my, my fourth receiver on the board. I'm going to keep him at, like, exactly where he is, he's maybe five to six on my on my big board, I don't think he's going to have your immediate production this year, I think it's all going to depend on how the Jets turn, and, and like, don't get me wrong, I like the Jets offseason, but I don't know, I just, he wasn't my favorite Ohio State receiver this year, he was not my favorite wide receiver in the class, to each their own. Uh, number six, so the second wide receiver of Ohio State, possibly the best pure route runner in the entire class. Uh, Web receiver Chris Olave, who's with the Saints. His year one er, projections are probably going to slip a little now. Michael Thomas and him running routes is fearsome for anybody who has to go against it. Throw Jarvis Landry into the mix. He's either going to boom because everybody else is going to cover the first two guys. Or you're going to see the first two guys really, you know, be able to still run good routes. You have to respect the rookie still and it's going to be kind of a split offense. I think it's going to be a split offense, but I think after that one year of Landry, you know, pending what they decide they want to do with with Michael Thomas, Chris Olave is going to be a talented receiver here. So I got Chris Olave moving up my board to like 3 4. I I took him in I took him and Traylon Burks at uh 5 and 6 in my dynasty rookie draft. <laughs> Number 7 we got James Williams. I didn't see the appeal on the trade-up over or almost 20 spots from 32 to 12 to get him. It's an Alabama product. We've seen this in the past. It's You're either phenomenal or you've got one super talent and you don't pan well in the league. He's a very fast run, er, receiver. He's also coming off a torn Achilles or ACL. He's going to have some time getting healthy. Um, he's still a Jared Goff at quarterback. It's it was a torn ACL. They're they're hopeful he's ready by camp, by camp but that was done in Feb, in January. So I don't know if I love James Williams this year. You got to see how he's running his routes. He reminds me a lot of Devonta Smith last year. He's going to come in. And he's going to try to win on mainly speed and like what are we be able to do from there. Number eight on this list, running back James Cook, Buffalo. Uh, what a lot of people think is going to be the most immediate impact running back out of this year's class, more or less because I think he's going to be used as a receiver. Um, I ultimately think his upside is going to come as long as he stays in Buffalo, and if Ken Dorsey can figure out how to use him on tape. We weren't a huge fan of James Cook originally as a running back, um, and that's the thing. Georgia didn't use him as a basic running back. The more tape you get to see, the longer we go about this, Um, you you really get to kind of see that you're dealing with a guy who who's almost a receiver that that starts in the backfield. On more than one occasion here, uh, we dealt with watching him be motioned out of the right side of the backfield to the right receiver spot, forcing the tight end to run or the linebacker to cover and shadow downfield, and he just immediately beats him on a streak. It's one of the uh, one of the more talented, I guess, receivers in the class. But that's it. If you're expecting if you're expecting him to be the guy who's re- winning the games for you on the ground, that's going to be getting. I guess consistently 70 yards on the ground and then adding 50 to 70 in the air. That's not your guy. He's not going to be whatever we originally thought. Oh, he's going to be Alvin Kamara. He's not, he's, he's a good enough runner. He'll break off your runs every now and again, but he's not a consistent enough runner where he's going to be a complete threat on the ground. He's going to be more of a threat through the air. Um, I think he has the highest output this year, especially going into a possible Super Bowl contender in Buffalo, but I think he's that short shelf life almost, and I hate saying that, running back who you got to really have him in the right coordinator, the right system for him to matter. Up next, at least, according to uh, to Sleeper's projections here, wide receiver Christian Watson out of Green Bay. Um, this is a guy who, if you're drafting on potential, could probably be a top five pick. If you're drafting on year one projection, he's probably not your guy. Uh, I think Christian Watson legitimately has all the skills, talent, speed, size, ability to go up and get it. He's going to need to develop from the North Dakota State School into a full pro NFL receiver. That being said, a couple years with Aaron Rodgers, you let this kid develop after a year or two. And like, I'm not saying he's going to have a bad year this year, but like, there's going to be growing pains. I think Christian Watson's going to be a guy who's a top 15-receiver minimum in fantasy years going forward, especially in Green Bay. They always seem to produce one. Number 10 here, Sky Moore, Kansas City. Kind of the same boat here, guys. Um, reminds me almost very much of Tariq Hill. He's a tinier guy, rather fast. Super slick. He's very, very interesting to watch. You don't think he's going as quick as he does, and then you watch his game tape, and he's, just, he's very tough to find on the field. And that's for the defense, not his quarterback. Um, you're going to put him with Patrick Mahomes. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster there for a year. You've got McCole Hardman coming up at the end of a deal. Sky Moore's kind of afforded the year or to, to learn and have growing pains. Again, same. I would almost put him in the same situation as Christian Watson. He's got high top six potential in the class. It's a matter of what he can learn in the first year, and I don't know if he's gonna necessarily be the guy who blows up and has that big first year. Number eleven, George Pickens. Quite honestly putting it, I don't think I'd have him at eleven here. I don't have him as a first round grade. Uh I've seen Pittsburgh go with these these receivers in the second round before and they don't always pan out. Look at James Washington who just left via free agency. Sure, they've hit recently on, you know, Mapletron. They they they, they swung and hit on Juju, and yes, Juju's since left. They they hit on Deontay, but they're, I mean, Juju had that first two good years, and then he slipped. I feel like George Pickens is going to be a year away from doing anything. Um, I think they want him to learn to not have to resign Claypool, quite honestly, because I think he's a very similar skill set. I think he's going to have a role there, but it also is going to depend on how healthy his knee is, how... How much he wants to learn that that was a big issue they called at, at George's his off-field shenanigans. So, I'm not sold on George Pickens. I don't need him to be a top-flight player for me. Um, I feel like there's a lot of growing pains for fantasy owners on that. Number 12, Damian Pierce, running back Houston. <laughs> Pierce is a guy who, uh, if you're sitting here, if you're figuring this out and you're watching him, he wasn't ever the greatest on tape in college. However, Houston's going to try to actually find an established running back here you got to expect it's probably going to be Pierce's first year getting over 100 carries. His yards per carry was always phenomenal in school. Houston's going to try to make this kid a stunning starting running back. Um, this year, projection might be the highest. Going forward, changes in Houston, you know, whatnot, we'll see. But Damian Pierce, for in terms of this year, might be your leading running back in terms of points. Number 13 on the list, Jahan Dotson, Washington. This is a really interesting pick here because they could have either shot themselves in the foot or they're going to they're going to bolster and back up here. Jahan Dotson to me was very similar in terms of style play and efficiency to Terry McLaren. Where does Terry McLaren play? Washington. Um however, McLaren, there was concern that he might not re sign with Washington. He's not happy there. And if that's the case, you've done a good job of finding your own replacement. For McLaren, at least. You don't have to change the offense that much once McLaren decides if he does efficiently leave, what he's doing. Um, I like Jahan Dotson's skill set. I don't know if it's going to equate year one. I've been saying that a lot. Number 14 on this list, uh, Isaiah Spiller. Spiller's out here. I don't know why he's 14, quite honestly. Um, He's a second-round grade if you're in a dynasty league and you already have an Austin Eckler ownership. He's a handcuff in a redraft league if you have Austin Ackerle ownership, but I don't love him. I don't like the talent. Um, he had all these yards and stats at Texas AM, m but it seemed like the, the tape was slow. He never seemed like he was putting it together. Uh, so I'm avoiding Isaiah Spiller, quite honestly. Number 15, Rashad White, Tampa Bay. I love the running back. I don't love the place. Um, quite honestly put, I think he will take over that number two role. He's going to be the guy behind Leonard Fournette, but I think they're going to beat the tires off Leonard Fournette. You signed a three-year deal. You're going to want to get what you can out of him. Um, that being said, I, I don't necessarily know if, when, how, and everything else you know that's going to develop. So he he's a good receiving back. He he will run like the wind, but he doesn't always run through his t- or through his blocks he's going to be either ran out like, like Rojo was because Tom Brady's not going to like how he plays, or he's going to be a guy who has to now fight with one of Tom Brady's other friends in Leonard Fournette. So he's got a tough road to playing time ahead of him. I'm not saying he won't make a difference because I do really like him on tape, but it's not a lovely set there. Number 16, Tyler Allgaier, uh Atlanta running back. This is a guy I really like. Uh, I would almost be willing to call him a bottom of the first round pick, especially if you're running back needy. Um, Elgar's coming in to a position here with Atlanta in which he, he really is looking at, like, being the number one. Yes, I get it. they resigned. They've They've got Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson's not a running back. Um, Patterson's not going to be a running back. They got rid of Mike Davis. And, like Patterson will run the ball. But what, what was his max last year? 8 to 10 rushes? Tyler, Tyler Algair, I've most recently seen him listed as this, and I think it's the best uh, attribute possible. He was basically called a bowling ball that was set on fire and then pushed down a hill. Um, if that's not something that makes me excited about a running back, I don't know what will. He had a rough combine. He only ran a 4.6. He had a 120-inch broad jump. Um, but he had 20 touchdowns at BYU. He would have probably had more production the year before, except for BYU ran through Zach Wilson, who went second overall. Algaier is not the biggest running back, but he lowers his shoulder, he initiates contact, and he knows how to run. I think Algaier is going to be really successful, and we've seen that Atlanta, albeit the last couple years, hasn't had a running back, does usually enjoy using running backs. Number 17 on the list, we have Trey McBride out of Arizona. He's by far the top tight end in the class he's the the tight end who might be in the worst position. I like Arizona. I like him maybe two years from now in Arizona. If you're drafting him and you're drafting him in the second round, you're probably looking to get him late second round because you're probably going to have to sit on him for a year. He's going to remind you more of, I guess, the tight ends from the 2020 draft than 2021. I mean, Pat Friermuth and Kyle Pitts both produced. They were both almost top... Wider, or tight end ones in fantasy last year. However, the year before, you know, Cole Komet, um I'm blanking on the kid from New Orleans, but the two top tight ends in that class, they, they did not immediately produce, and they're still working their way towards being productive tight ends. I think that's where McBride is, and it's more because he's also behind Max Williams and um, Zach Ertz on that depth chart. That's really the thing. Uh, he's got the talent. The kid can is is a great receiver. I just I, I can't see him beating out those two savvy vets in year one. Uh, pick eighteen on the list. David Bell, wide receiver, Cleveland. We didn't love David Bell's tape, but he also was not utilized to his skill set at Purdue last year. At Purdue, they really tried to re- remake exactly what Rondell Moore was the year before, which was a all over the field scat back, play every position type player. David Bell is six foot two. He is not that player that Rondell Moore is. (laughs) He can catch. He can put up stats. I think he's going to get a chance to shine in Cleveland. And I I almost feel like he's going to be a better version of MVS. He's going to be productive. Is he ever going to be like a top 24 receiver? Probably not. No. But I feel like he's... MVS, Marvin Jones, guys like that. They're going to have a year. You're going to get... Eight to nine hundred yards a year out of them, five to five to eight touchdowns. I don't dislike David Bell's or er, potential here. Uh, number nineteen on the list: John Mechie the third from Houston. Um, another guy with huge upside. A kid who would have probably been going higher had he not had the injury in in Bama. He's. I know our co-host Gary's not a huge fan of him, but he he's a very talented be able, or, running, or receiver. He goes right into a team that needs help in Houston. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to start the year. That Honestly, he might end up on the PUP to start the year and miss the first six. I think he's definitely capable of producing this year, especially given that there's not much in Houston. But I think his best years are ahead of him. I think he's going to be a guy that if you can grab him and you can roll with him, he's, he's going to end up being he's going to end up being a, a consistent top four re- receiver for you. I mean, granted, that's probably, you're looking a little better out of your draft class, but, you know, the, the situation and where everything's set up is not lovely this year in the top 24. Pick 20, out of Indianapolis, Alec Pierce, wide receiver, formerly of Cincinnati. I really enjoy where he falls into this immediately, especially given that they've had an... A plethora of recent running or receivers in Indy who don't grab the brass ring. Um Michael Pittman, one of the few we can't say a bad thing. He's he's been productive, he's been he's a big guy, he's not the fastest. Um Paris Campbell, super fast, great slot player, cannot stay healthy. T.Y. Hilton was their deep threat. He hasn't been healthy in two years, and he's no longer on the team. Alec Pierce is six foot three, and the best comparable for him as a pro was Jordy Nelson. Now that reminds me of somebody that Matt Ryan would really like to throw to, and they happen to have Matt Ryan there. I could really see Alec Pierce being a player that ends up being a super helpful piece in that indie offense. Um so that's it. I, I really, really think Alec Pierce can get that get the run and take care of it there. Uh 21, Zamir White, Las Vegas. I don't know how I feel on this pick as well. Uh, White's a guy who's going higher than most projected because he was a former number one running back in the country out of high school. He's had two ACL tears. He was never given the full time shine at Georgia. This is a pick that's a lot of upside more than it is any talent or proof of what you'd expect here. Plus, he's somewhat buried on the Raiders' depth chart. I know he's going to have a chance. They do have Kenyon Drake and they have Josh Jacobs, but they've also declined Josh Jacobs' first year or the fifth year option. Uh, Zamir White, more of a third round pick to me. 22, everybody else seems to be high on this kid. I am not. Uh Wide receiver Wandell Robinson, they're calling him a slot gadget tool. They think that Brian Dable is going to use him immediately like Cole Beasley. And I think that's, that's very tough to say. I think Cole Beasley's route running was learned over time and not just something that was garnered. And I definitely don't think Wandell Robinson is the same type of route runner Cole Beasley was. Um, that being said, do I think that it's never going to happen? No, I think you definitely would be able to teach him over, or in time. But I definitely also think you're going to have to see how well it's produced and what can be done from there. Uh, Wendell Robinson, early third-round picket by a book with uh, with some potential. 23, one of those, the second-to-last player I'm going to talk about. Quarterback Kenny Pickett, the first quarterback off the board. Um, man, Pickett's a special player. I think he's going to be good. He's going to have growing pains. But if you're in a dynasty league and you're drafting rookie quarterbacks, chances are they're not going to pan out like Justin Herbert. Chances are they're going to be more like Trevor Lawrence last year. You're going to have growing pains. Josh Allen had growing pains. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes redshirted his, his rookie year. Like that's it. You're going to get him. You know, you're probably not going to get a full starting season out of him. You're drafting your quarterbacks for the potential future. Joe Burrow, the rookie year, he had a decent rookie year. He wasn't terrible. Joe Burrow, year two, was was three times the player that rookie year Joe was. Um, so that's it. I think Kenny Pickett, you're drafting not with intention of starting. If you have to draft him to start, you're probably already projecting to pick in the top ten or top five next year. Um, but I think he's definitely available and I think he's gonna fit well with that Steelers team. They've got a lot of talent around him. And twenty four, uh, running back Brian Robinson from Washington. I don't love this pick at all, quite honestly. Uh, I don't know why they're so high on him. I don't know why they're continuing to think that the ball has to come out. I don't. I don't love Antonio Gibson either, but I don't know why they keep thinking that the ball has to come out of Gibson's hands. Uh, and of all people, Brian Robinson's gonna be the savior. Everything we saw out of him from Bama, from this, from that. He he's just he's just not that good, man he's he runs into his blocks he doesn't take the covers right I don't love it um but I think that'll about do it honestly intrigued to say the least figuring out where we're going from there I do very much so like to see where we can go and what we'll learn but guys that's that'll do it for now uh I am going to gonna take off from this episode and say sh- thank you to our sponsors shout out to Jeanette at the harapy sessions buffalo shout out to her brother matt at herd dat designs shout out to our dude damien at the platter box in hamilton ontario canada and shout out to our guy kyle at chicken dipping down in corpus christi texas uh always making those wings better than they already are if you like blue cheese and you want the most efficient cup to dip your wings in, check them out at ChickenDippin.com and or on their Instagram at Chicken underscore uh, If you have interest and you want to buy them, hit them up. Put the code in uh, 716 for 15% off your order. But Guys, that'll do it for today, so thank you for joining, and until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts and we'll show you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.